Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And uh, boys, I feel like Ron is back home uh, in that Ron is now on the road again. So, uh, baby, you're in Minneapolis. You are uh, up there not for retreating. Sadly, you're uh, you're attending meetings. But I want you to to describe for Piper and myself uh, what your accommodations are, because I feel like you're uh, accommodation philosophy has changed since we met each other. Mm. Um, you, you used to be strictly a Hyatt Place guy, although I feel now that you're mm. you're you're more of the Airbnb variety. Like, you know, how how dare we stay in a hotel when there's like uh, Airbnbs to check out? So are yeah, you? What staying was the at- one we stayed at Louisville? Was that like a former meatpacking plant or something? I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was dude. Something. It was like a Victorian meatpacking plant that was six <laughs> inches away from I sixty five South. <laughs> Which made for just a cozy, a cozy sleeping environment. Um, but baby, are you uh, are you in an Airbnb there currently in Minneapolis? Baby, I'm not, man. So the deal oh. is, uh, you know, my always my first pref is going to be the Hyatt P. And of when course. I can't find a Hyatt P locally, I, I do Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And uh, so since I'm at a Denom thing, weirdly enough, the EFCA they literally have a quality in like in the same parking lot as their offices. As the mm. corporate so, um, so I get to stay at a quality, or I should say, a not so quality quality. <laughs> Maybe I was well, going to say that's like the that's the least hipster like travel experience imaginable. You must be hating your life, right? I mean, Is it's this not difficult for you. It's not awesome. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to be honest, man. It's not. It's not up to my spec. Um, yeah, I'm going to be honest. When I think of quality, when I think of quality, and I think of like minivans and roof racks on cars, totally, man. like that's totally. that's, that's sort of is. the ethos that that comes to mind. Yeah, there's like seven traveling baseball teams like downstairs right now, like in the chlorine like infested pool, right? That's and this is this is this is beneath Ron Martin. There's no hipster coffee. There's no like. Um, to be clear, you know, this is not a sojourn event. This is not up to sojourn standards. Dude, no, of course not. This is nice. This is not. This is the evangelical, whatever that word means, Free Church of America event. So yeah, yeah it's somebody's triggered because you said evangelical. Right. Yeah, somebody's triggered. Our Absolutely. Apologies, Dude, I feel like Our apologies the, listener. I feel like the EV free guys. It's like a badge of honor how much you like suffer when you're uh, when you're spending the night. So. Um, that's well, kind of check a, this, well. Check this out, boys. It was really funny. Yeah. So I had a I, so I'm sitting in my second day of meetings, and I had one of the, there's like two main leaders, and I had one of them come to me, and they said, "Dude, are you okay?" And I said, uh-huh. um, "I said, yeah." I go, "Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I think." I go, "What what's up?" And they said, "Usually, uh, we look to you to kind of keep these meetings kind of funny and a little sarcastic." And mm. dude, you haven't been doing any of that today. And me and uh, me and the main guy were just wondering if everything was cool. So literally, oh, that's wow. that's why they're bringing me out for these things now. That's Dude, what it they is. need to know that you need to be pampered at a certain level, or else <laughs> you're not going to understand. You're not going to keep the meetings right. light. Right? Yeah, yeah. They need to pamper you. Well, Piper, we have uh, we have lots of business to do. One of one of those bits of business concerns uh, meeting venues. So I don't I don't know if uh, I don't know if this events company could help with Ron's accommodations, but they could certainly put him uh, so. in a in a very hipster, very comfortable meeting environment. Yeah. So, Piper, why don't you tell us about Let's this? Hope to gosh, that that can Actually, happen. both of our sponsors could really help Ronnie's current environment, just dramatically. Oh. So I'm going to introduce Bastard. our new sponsor first because I feel like this is one that those particular people who are leading your meetings would have benefited from reading in advance. So the sponsor mm. is Waterbrook Multnomah, and the book is The Life-Giving Leader, if you can see where I'm going with this, The Life-Giving Leader mm. by Tyler Reagan. 
he is the president of Catalyst. Uh, but yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of life in the meetings that you are having. And from the way you were describing them before the podcast, Ron, I mean, it just sounded, I don't know what the word is, drab, sad, <laughs> blah. Mm. I mean, I think we could continue. Maybe that's just the quality and ethos, and that's what's coming through here. But but there's <laughs> definitely a lack of life-giving leadership of said board meetings. And when you said you were on day two of meetings, my heart sort of sunk for you because that's that's just torturous. But is, um, I appreciate dude, now, that. Pipe. I appreciate now, Piper is Tyler Reagan like a dynamic leader? Is he just going to like cut you in half with his enthusiasm? What are we looking at here? So here's guy? the thing. So Catalyst has that reputation. You know, it's like big, showy. Uh, you know, a bit of a gong show sometimes on purpose. You know, yeah. they do these things. He he's not like that. He's like a mm-hmm. quiet, strategic planner. He's, it's not like a lack of personality, but he's a he's much more of a behind the scenes, working directly with the team of people. Not so much like the hey 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 MC guy of things. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean he'll get up there and do that, but that's not his personality, which is part of the reason I think this book has a little bit more legitimacy because he actually yeah. invests in leading people as opposed to in being in front of people, which are not exactly the same thing. Interesting. Now I'm looking at his website, and he does something on here that uh, that I that I like a lot. He has his own like personal logo. So I feel like a personal logo is a step beyond just having a name. Um, so everybody has a name. Not everyone has a personal logo. So is it like the print uh, symbol? No. Well, no. It's like the it's a, it's a tr. It's a very special tr. You would have to be on his website to be not able to, to see be it. confused with the tiara. No, not a tiara. Not at all. Like the opposite of it. Just the <laughs> just a very artistically done T and R, so that you know uh, what you're dealing with. But uh, Piper, what else do you have to say about the book? So a quick description of the book. So Tyler is a pretty pastoral hearted guy. He's so he's the one who, you know, Catalyst brings in a whole bunch of leaders like business leaders and megachurch leaders, whatever. He's the guy who always makes sure that they bring in one or two preachers every year. So the Tim Kellers, John Pipers, Francis Chans of the world, Matt Chandler, guys who are actually going to, you know, say something that sounds a lot like the gospel instead of just sort of best practice stuff. So he brings a lot of that spirit into it, but then also uses his own experiences, failures, and successes in learning how to lead from a place of knowing who you are and your own identity, uh, which can sound a little bit um, navel-gazy, but from the perspective he's coming from, it's more like a place of sort of quiet, humble self-confidence, knowing what kind of a leader you ought to be. Uh, so it's 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 a really good book and a really um, kind of a fresh take from a, a behind the scenes leader as opposed to a big branded leader. Although his endorsements are by people who are those big branded leaders, which tells you the kind of connections he has. So we've got Bob Goff, we've got Louis Giglio, Ted. Whoa. Like, yep, Louis Giglio. That's the big one. Mm. Uh, Buzz Dude, Williams. Louis. Do you know who Buzz yeah. Williams is? No, I don't. But I want to see him. I'm, Buzz, I'm Williams, right Buzz Williams is used to be the head basketball coach at Marquette, is now the head basketball coach at Virginia Tech. Also a pretty devoted uh, believer from what I understand. Dude, got, I'm looking at him. He looks just like a Buzz Williams. He does. He looks like Doesn't a Buzz. He? I mean, granted, a Buzz always looks like a Buzz. <laughs> Dude, I want to no get, get a Louis Giglio um, visual update, too, uh, because we were talking about him in class today. So my students were talking about, like, uh, old, old men, like old man pastors who try to be young and who look like they buy their clothes from like Forever 21. And uh, 
Lou came up, man. Sweet Louie. Louis, Louis yeah, came up. I would have so pegged him as more of a hot topic guy myself. Yeah, he's a hot topic guy. Well, definitely. He's more of a. You remember last episode? Forever Twenty One guy. Yeah, you remember last episode, Ted, when you were talking about the the Nashville dad who wears the jacket yeah. with too many pockets. Louis the Nashville dad. I, I'm looking at him right now. Uh, he's he's that the Nashville guy. grandpa because the dude is like yeah, he's sixty. The Nashville grandpa. But that's exactly. not hot topic. I mean, he's not all broed out with like the black shorts and the high rise socks and all that stuff. Yeah, no, no he's true. sixty going on twenty, man. Sixty yeah. going on twenty. He's <laughs> ageless. Think Look at like this. Six months, I'll be Louis Glue. Oh yeah, well, things, no things to aspire there, to. There's a certain like CrossFitty kind of growth hormone, like anti-aging clinic uh, ethos to Lou Giglio that you don't too, have. Right? Doesn't he have like the? Doesn't he have the guns and all? Yeah, that? he's got the gun show, man. He's he's, he's definitely he's, doing the gun well, show. He, yeah, but he's not like he's not like Furtick or Grishel gunned up. No, he's just no, like no, fit no. old man. Like you look at him and you're like, that guy takes care of himself. I think his clothes are just slightly too tight. Actually, if he just bought a size up, he wouldn't look like any of that. Like that, would, to, that would fix everything. His clothes are too young. He dresses like he's 25, <laughs> even though he's like 60. It's wonderful. This is this is amazing. I love this. Uh, all right, Piper, tell us about our next uh, our next sponsor. All right, so that one is the Life Giving Leader from Waterbrook Malnoma. Check it out. It's uh, it's available now. It's it has uh, very good reviews on Amazon. So other people besides me say it's a good book. If you don't trust me, uh, our other sponsor is. Noah's event venue. I'm going to say it real clearly so that Ted gets the name right, and then I'm going to describe mm. it so that Ronnie knows what I'm talking about this time. Because last time, yeah, we had like, some trouble last how, week. Didn't how we? do they have a parking lot at a yeah, venue? Yeah, I still don't understand it at all. But go on. All right, so Ronnie, this is me speaking to you. Pardon the noise outside. The neighbor's using a leaf blower because he knows I'm doing a podcast. Guys, I cannot work. Oh, because it's autumn, Piper. Yeah, it's it's 98 degrees in autumn. I Piper, hate I don't want you to right catch now. a chill. It's all the way down to 102 outside. You throw a shawl on before you go out to let's, swim practice. Let's just say okay. about 30 minutes before this podcast, I bathed in gold bond powder just to be not sticking to myself. Anyway. Seriously. Noah's event venue. So, Ron, this is how this works. This is actually mm. aimed at people just like you. You are the target demo for uh, this promotion. I'm a four. I'm not anybody's target demo. <laughs> Fred, I'm wildly unique. No one's like me. Okay. Well, Absolutely. it's a, okay. You okay? It, you know people. You know people. There you this go. Is now for. we're on the right track. You might even influence people who this is for. Right. So now yeah. there. Now you can feel special. You. For Lou, it's for you Louis four wing three. Um, so Noah's event venue is a company that owns buildings, physical buildings all over the country that are set up to host different sorts of events, specifically churches. Are you following mm. with me, Ron? Yeah. So next time that Substance wants to spin off another campus that's not in Florida, although I think they do have Florida locations. Noah's has Florida locations. So your next campus could be at a Noah's event venue. And here's what you get in the deal. So they have the building with the room where you can do your services. They also have rooms where you can do all your children's ministry or small groups or other classes. They have parking lots. That's what we were struggling to understand last week, I gather. It also comes with all the audiovisual needs. So microphones, podiums, projector screens, TVs, Wi-Fi, uh, stage lighting, surround sound. Oh, wow. Ronnie, your voice coming from all angles. Imagine. Imagine. That's not vintage enough, Pipe, but go on. It, well, yes, but may, maybe you need to meet people where they are, not where you are. You oh, four. snap. Mm. He's being, con- he's Dude, being contextual now. 
And then, and it comes with Apple TVs. That those are not analog. You probably don't know what to do with those. I literally don't even know what you're talking. They about. also have a cafe space. Uh, it's not Ooh. all exposed. You know, exposed brick wood. You know, not a ton of metallurgy going on, but there is an opportunity for people to be cafe. Can you get it without food, though, for Ron's church? Well, I'm fairly certain the cafe space comes with no food, so it's up to you to, like, staff it okay. but not stock it, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, that was you tricky. Can, you, can, uh, you can put your people in there, put them in their aprons, deliver no muffins or bagels or anything like that, and everybody yeah. is miserable, and it's perfect for hipsters. Okay. So, I you, just would have said it like that the first time, you know, and I think you did actually. You, I just so you're tracking it. with me what uh, what we're talking about now, okay, Ron? Okay, yeah, but this is, I'm still confused on this one thing. Like, okay. I know that they don't have one of those venues in my town. How do you know if they have one of those venues in your town, though? Oh, see, this is the perfect question. This is like this is like a setup a question. Setup. If you go yep. to noaeventvenue.com/church. They have all of their locations across the country. Now, to be fair, it's mostly major metro areas. And as much as we love Ashland, uh, it's it's probably not considered a major metro area. Just a, just a metro area. It's just a metro area. It might just be an area. <laughs> it might just be an area. So noahevenvenue.com slash church. You can check these out. So if you are a church leader, church planter, a church looking to expand or move, or you're tired of the school you're renting – or you're fighting with the government over the school that you're renting because it's a public school, check out NOAA Event mm-hmm. Venue. They, uh, they've got you covered if you're in a major metro area in one of, like, 30 states. There you go. Dude, reform people, reform people love fighting with the government and hating the government. So I feel like this fits right into your wheelhouse. You can just circumnavigate the government altogether <laughs> um, and get your own uh, events venue. But, boys, I do want to talk about major metro areas because we had a story. We had breaking news uh, come out of Nashville last week that was of a fascinating Wait, wait, wait. Nature. It's not breaking news until there's the breaking news jingle. Dude, we can get it. Let's, okay. uh, let, me, let me cue it up here in the studio. This All is right. me shuffling papers in the newsroom. Here we go. So, boys, I'm ripping this off the wire, the story, as we speak. Um, and the story is, I don't know if you were aware of this, but there's going to be a next Great Awakening Uh, And it's going to start in Nashville by one Michael W. Smith. Uh, So this is an incredible story. Um, Smitty indicated after doing a show at Bridgestone Arena that essentially because the Bible has bridges in it and it also has stones, uh, that clearly the next Great Awakening would come out of Nashville uh, and he would be leading it. If you're not familiar with growing up evangelical in the 80s, uh, there was a, a crappier Christian analog to every pop star in the 80s, and Smitty was sort of like the Christian uh, George Michael. So in terms of facial hair and <laughs> and, uh, and man mullet and man and, mullet facial hair, not being gay, you know, all of in all of these ways, uh, Smitty was uh, was George Michael's analog, and uh, now he's leading the next Great Awakening per himself. Now, my question to you, Piper, as a Nashville resident. And then we'll get Ron's input as a as a basically a colleague of Michael W. Smith, you know, as a as a musician. Wow, uh, as they a, have as a, they as have tons in common. I can't wait to hear uh, Ron's take. They on this. really do have a lot of. They've they've probably traveled together. They've probably mm. stayed at, at comfort ends together. Um, my <laughs> question to you, Piper. I have a theory. My theory is that Nashville, because of the number of like egotistical entertainment industry people and the number of rich people per capita is actually the second most ridiculous place in America after Hollywood. Um, And I think it's ridiculousness 
in in a place like this that sort of spawns this thinking that that yes, I am going to lead the next Great Awakening from Bridgestone Arena. Uh, Piper, your thoughts on this breaking news matter? I I'm struggling to refute <laughs> I love the statement the you just made. It's yeah. I, I'm trying. I mean, so we've got Hollywood and all of Southern California um, as the most ridiculous. I think we would like yeah. would like Greenpoint, Brooklyn, be on like in the top five. And Dude, of most it, it ridiculous? would, but I think I think there has to be there. There are a few ingredients that go into the makings of a truly ridiculous place. Um, there has to be money, which Nashville has in droves now. There has to be like the promise of fame. So the promise of fame just makes people go crazy. And Nashville has that. Hollywood has it. I don't think like super hipster gentrified Brooklyn can deliver like the fame carrot quite in the same way. Um, and in some ways maybe. it sort of eschews fame. That's true because it's like it's, exactly. the, it's, this, it's, a, it's like a popular subculture. Whereas Nath- Nashville is like, oh, no, no, we're culture culture. We are. Yeah. This is the place where suckers looking for platforms go. Dude, that's, right. It's a, it's a magnet is. for for platform suckers. And I don't know. I just think, to me, that makes Nashville a pretty fascinating place, um, second only to Hollywood in yeah, terms of ridiculous. I, I think in terms – yeah, I think you're right. I think there's the, – the religiosity of it adds a special sort of a dash of absurdity because there – I don't know of anywhere in the country where commercialized Christianity is so prevalent as Nashville. Dude, it's amazing because you can couch your greed and your ambition oh, and yeah. just your like your naked desire <laughs> to be famous. <clears throat> Sorry. You can you can couch all that in like a in spirituality, which just makes it all the more kind of seductive and ridiculous. Oh, Big yeah. R, now you've it's you, you've lived in You've lived in close proximity to Hollywood. Uh, what, what do you have to say about my theory of ridiculousness and of this Great Awakening story? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I agree. I think it's Nash. So, so okay. So to back up a little bit, you know. So my, I have a relationship with Nashville. I was, okay. I was on a label for almost twenty years that was the anti-Nashville, right? Which was it was yeah. located in you know hipster Seattle. And but we would have to occasionally like go to Nashville, pass through Nashville, like do like showcases in Nashville around the Dove Awards and, you know, all those types of things. And there was just such mm-hmm. a distinctly like, um, you know, everything we did was to the opposite of, of, of what sort of the flavor and sort of the vibe was of Nashville, which was like this. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it, man. It was like it was like trendy on one hand. And then on the other hand, it was just like it, it lacked it lacked like any sort of like genuineness. And right. um, and and even even, you know, so you you'd get around that we'd call them Nashville bands and they would all be like yeah. super, super nice. But they would all yeah. be like super sugary, almost like they they were trying to be nice because they wanted to hang out with you because they assumed that you despised them. And yet they mm-hmm. would just but, but you had literally no influence over them whatsoever. And you knew that. Right. And mm-hmm, so I'm not being mm-hmm. I'm not being really clear, but yeah. But so to see Michael, I, Duff, I think you just right? described Southerners. Oh shoot! <laughs> like That's true. real. That's true. This is this is probably a I'm sidebar. Like super in trouble. Now, but. but just like, that that super sugary, uh, the the upfront politeness. Like my mama raised me right, so I'm going to be polite to you. But who knows what happens when your back is turned? So yeah, like right. I, I think I think there's just like a heavy dose of Southern culture in that description you just gave. Well, but it was like yeah, but it's even yeah, and this is like hard to explain because I, you know it's just it's gonna sound crazy, but like you'd get around these dudes and they would all be like, 
you know, they'd all be wearing like their cool band T-shirt of a band that, you know, they've never listened to. And they would all be trying to talk to you about stuff that that they thought you would think would make them look cool. And then they would just go back to like being the newsboys after that. Right. So it was like it was like this like this thing where you just didn't you just even know what was going on with that because it was it was just so weird and foreign and fake. And so, um, man, I used to play at Rocket Town. So I, I have a little connection with uh, with Michael Dubb. Right. Because he was like the uh-huh. owner of that or he originally was. I don't know. Um, still but is. like still is. There you go. Boom. Um, so Michael Dubb making a prediction about him being like the next like, um, you know, what, what did he say? Second grade. What great awakening is. What is this? What did he say? It's like the next revival. Great awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So what is that? The, like the third great I awakening This would be the third. But yeah, the third do, great do, awakening. Do you, do you keep them in sequence if there's been like. 300 years between them absolutely man yeah i i love calling it the third great awakening just like i love calling world war three world war three when it finally gets here even though there's been a massive gap it just makes it that much more ridiculous right that's fair for my all about branding so for michael dubb to come (laughs) there can't be a revival without branding ted that's what i'm saying absolutely and michael dubb i mean you know he's about 76 years old right now and still looks like he did when he was 23 um ronnie's just jealous dude He's on the Louis Giglio aging. Plan. He's just getting struck, guys. The kid's just getting started, and uh, he's going to transition out of uh, out of piano based post Elton John, you know, pop <laughs> music to uh, to leading the third great revival. I, it's so baffling to me that I just I, you know, I have he's any just time a, to process. He's just a young kid coming up in the business, and and we wish him the best. You know, we you we guys, really hope that he makes it. Did you guys get the sense that like I, I read the little clip on it? It almost felt like it felt cut like they cut it short. That's how it felt to me. Yeah, yeah. It felt to me like – so the piece I read on it uh, was the piece that Piper sent from Relevant yeah, yeah, Magazine, yeah. which was a really just kind of a relevant mashing together quotes from Smitty and kind of with the subtext being look at how ridiculous and funny this is. And, um, you know, that that was it. I don't, I don't know that Smitty himself really has like a plan of how he's going to roll out the third Great Awakening, just that – uh, it's going to somehow emanate from him, so that'll be that'll be something interesting uh, for you, Pipe, to keep your eyes on being uh, a Nashville resident. Yeah, so you can. I'll be I'll be there. looking for a movement of the Holy Spirit coming in on the wings of Friends or Friends Forever. That's, that's well, the, dude. It just seems like those guys always get weird. You know what I mean? Like, like there's always this breaking point at some point when they get older when they just go kooky. You know what I mean? And then you know, I, I don't. When you say those guys. What do you mean, Ron? I just mean guys that you used mean like to have like former professional cr- Christian musicians. No, no, no. I mean successful ones. Oh, okay. like guys that actually like guys that actually like did you know made billions of dollars and had these massive you know could sell out arenas. And uh, by the way, I mean bridges are in the Bible, stones are in the Bible, but but arenas are not in the Bible, right? Mm. So, yeah. Know. Well, you know what I mean. It's Make it depends what translation you're working with, probably. <laughs> so. Maybe in the message. I, I think um, I would like Ronnie to to do a quick exposition on um, bridges and stones leading to revival. Because, <laughs> I don't know, call me the dumb plebe here, but I'm struggling to, to piece that one together. I need our resident preacher to put that sermon together for me. Dude, that's like a, you're asking him to do like a word study. This could be a 55-minute sermon, Piper. He's going to need know, a week we and can, a half. We can edit the podcast. Dear resident, cut Ronnie's sermon down to six minutes. Kevin DeYoung approved. Dude, I have no exactly. idea. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. I like it. 
Boys, let's move on to uh, something near and dear to all of our hearts. I think two things, you know, this is really the confluence of of two things that I know that everybody on this program has great affection for. Uh, one is the Great British Baking Show. Uh, uh, the other is Gospel Coalition Think Pieces. So I don't know what could be better than uh, than putting those two things together. And uh, we have hammered on Brett McCracken on this program before. Brett um, is kind of the, the TGC's resident um, yeah, foodie resident, culture guy, resident uh, elitist. And um, I say that with a great deal of affection. So uh, Brett has done what what often gets done on the TGC, which is to take something uh, enjoyable that nobody really thought they needed permission to enjoy. And uh, <laughs> TGC go, goes ahead and, and grants that permission anyway by attaching spiritual significance to the program. So uh, I have to be I have to I have to come clean here, boys. I have to be honest in that. I did not read one sentence of this think piece, but uh, I'm assuming one of the two of you gentlemen did. So uh, would one of you guys fill me in on on the nature of this think piece and how we're supposed to think about <laughs> British baking? Go for it, Pipe. Oh, was I supposed to read it? I just – look. I skimmed I, it. I skimmed it. All I saw was the headline and I thought, oh, no, TGC stole Ronnie's thunder because nobody but nobody should be writing about British baking shows – Except Dude, I agree. This should Ronald be your That's thing. Absolutely correct. That is, I, I, I have to. As much as Michael W. Smith thinks he's going to lead the next great awakening, I agree with you on that. I should be writing that. Absolutely. Dude, baby, let me let me ask you this. Real talk. <laughs> How much would you love to be TGC's resident elitist? So, if Brett McCracken ever like moves on from that position, how how much would you love to be that guy? Well, I mean, think, is that a gig you would want? No. Listen, I can I. Can I can I tell you guys a secret? Yes. Like okay, so I've had listen, I've had T, I've submitted two articles to TGC in the last <laughs> couple of months. No, no, they asked, they want, they wanted them, and like oh, they did. Ooh. Yeah, like like you know about specific topics. They, they maybe that's major juice. They in the haven't. Industry. No, 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 they haven't ran <laughs> any oh. of them. Like oh, I send, no. they want the art. I send the article. They don't run. Like they don't run them. Oh, no. So like oh, no. I don't. So I, yeah, it's and it's okay. It's just like, but I don't. Yeah, to be the resident. Well, here's the thing: to be the resident, uh, you know, to, to be the resident dude like you're talking about. I mean, I, yeah, I guess. But, but, <laughs> to be the, I don't know if they run. I don't know if they run my articles. Maybe just, because maybe you're not writing elitist articles, you're writing churchy articles, and they're like, you know what? We have churchy articles coming out of our ears. We need something about cronuts. Dude, I was asked Maybe so, for the churchy article. <laughs> I want to lean into this topic a little bit. So they reached out to you. So you, you're, you're there in your minimalist office in, uh, in Ashland, Ohio. And by that, I mean you're in an airport lobby. And the, the, the email pops up on your device. And you're just stoked out of your mind because you see that it comes from an editor at the TGC. And you're like, you know what? This is my big break. They're asking me for an article. Can I ask what they were asking you for? Is that like a violation? You know, of no, no, it's not a violation at all. But it came on the yeah. heels of another article I'd written that they never wrote. So I said, "Well, dude, I go. There's that. There is that other. There is that other article I wrote." And they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah. Well, can you write this article?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." And then, like, it, a long time has gone has gone by. Let me just put it. So to they're you just there. Essentially, they're like teasing you with this. It in feels the, like. Out yeah, thousands yeah, yeah. of words of content for them of think pieces that they're not running. So, like, what becomes of this stuff? Are you gonna are you gonna recycle it at some point? Is there like a statute of limitations with the TGC where 
three months goes by and you're just like, you know what, that's 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 mine again. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm I don't even them. know if they haven't ran it. I feel like it's mine. But I mean, I've, I write so many yeah. articles. I mean, it's been I mean, I <laughs> it feels like the last I feel it feels like I wrote these articles at like the second Great Awakening. It's like it's been so yeah. it's been so it's long. It's been that long ago. Yeah. yeah so I don't. So I don't even I at some point, you know, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I just I don't know what to say, man. I mean, I love TGC. I'm a huge fan. I love the staff there. Uh, no problems at all. I just I'm just a little perplexed. But man. apparently so, they don't love you. Apparently they don't love me. And apparently they go into the deepest recesses of my mind and say, what would Ronnie Martin love to read about more than anything? And then they have Brett McCracken write on Great British Bake Off. <laughs> so I'm well, well, exactly. while, while Ronnie is wrestling with this publishing crisis, I'm scanning the article, which typical of TGC is about a thousand words too long. Um, oh. But the idea of it, it's, it's not just a how should we think about it goes a different direction. So credit to Brett McCracken for finding a finding a fresh take on pop culture, like local culture, right? Local culture. Yeah. So he's t- yeah. he's talking about how we often think about engaging the culture, and he's like, no, actually there are cultures, and a show like this is is sort of a conduit into engaging specific cultures and showing the goodness of them, and you know, and then then it gets the nice the nice Christian spin to church and ministry and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's a it's a different flavor on how should we think about? Dude, I love that, it. I love nice. it. Nice, nice. Yeah, maybe Big R. Maybe that's the direction you need to be going. You you can take a nod from Brett McCracken. And uh, in his work, and, and if you make yours sound more like his, then maybe you know what's crazy. Uh, maybe some of these articles will have a shot. I can't even do that kind of writing, like I like appropriating yeah. like something pop culture to how like I just my mind just doesn't even like, my mind doesn't even work that way. So maybe, I'm looking at articles like that, and I just go, oh wow, I could never do that. I don't know. What articles did you write for GCO? Like, what were the what were the topics? They were just like they were just like what Pipe said. They were just like you know no, nothing nothing stupendous pastoral yeah articles on Maybe, let me let me let me get an update from you strategically on something that we uh that barnabas and i put in front of you several episodes ago uh that was going to really launch and reshape your career and that is becoming the go-to reformed like treat yourself guy um the rest guy the the, the like take a retreat guy have you oh, pursued yeah. that yeah. anymore and his like what's popping for you in that in that area? Because I think that's a that's an untapped market. Yeah, I mean, I just edited a book on sabbaticals. I, I guess that's maybe that's my first foray into the the treating yourself rest retreat man yeah. persona that I'm trying to cultivate. Right. Yeah, now. yeah. I so, think we can cultivate that. That has legs. Did you really like edit a book on on sabbaticals, or was that a joke? No, no. It's, I, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. Because that sounds completely ironic. No, 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 I, yeah, I promise. Yeah. I just, it I sounds ridiculous, just but congratulations. Like, I can you send know. you the cover <laughs> of Scheme for it right now that they just sent me. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. Dude, I, so who's, whose book is it? It's a, a, just a new author. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I have a conspiracy theory <laughs> that I'd like to run by Ron about the Gospel Coalition and your lack of publication recently. I'm not. I'm not angry about it, guys. I just, want, I just want the record to show. Well, yeah, that's TGC okay. for the record. Ron's not angry. He's not burning the bridge. You should hire him for more things. Right. He Make loves him a you guys. You're, you're lovely, delightful, beautiful people. Um, yeah, no, my 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 conspiracy is that um, they found out that you are in favor of this thing called the Enneagram. 
Uh-oh. And that puts you right in the, that puts thing. you right in the occult and there's just you know no way you're ever getting published until you until you give nine reasons why the Enneagram is, you know, utter rubbish or something like that. Pipe, you know what? That's a really I don't when have I ever talked about the Enne though in public? Oh, on the podcast. You mean other than this podcast? <laughs> Other than that time I got dinner with Colin Hansen and we just talked about it the whole time. But uh, You walked in and wow. you were like, oh, you're definitely a one. And he was like, get out of here. You're yeah, he's like, don't ever speak to me again. Don't ever speak of witchcraft or to me again. <laughs> get that occult so. out of my face. Oh, my god, Dude, gosh. real talk, though, uh, either of you guys, has TGC ever run a piece on the Enneagram? I feel like this has to be a thing. You mean other than Joe Carter's piece saying why it was problematic? Why it was oh, literally yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember literally nine reasons I remember why it was a cultic or whatever. The yeah, irony okay. of that one is that there are nine numbers in the Enneagram, which made me think that <laughs> Joe is it's like a subtle it, it's either like a subtle point by point detraction or or one of these me thinks thou dost protest too much kind of things and Joe is actually really into it, but he's trying <laughs> to kind of save face. He's like, No guys, I'm I'm not a five, leave me alone. Back off, y'all. Pipe, it's funny dude, too because Joey got Joey got hammered online for that one, man. He just got hammered. Oh, dude, I, Joe C got hammered for that. Yeah, I mean, oh, he had yeah. he had a lot of detra- he had a lot of detractors when he said, "Hey, look, here's my article on the Enneagram," and he had all these dudes just going, "This is insane. Have you lost your mind? It's a tool. Relax, you know." Dude, and- don't. Don't ruin the any for affluent white people, man. We, we don't have much. I mean, you know, don't take that away from us. How else okay. are we supposed to think more about ourselves? Exactly. Precise. Yeah, exactly. Precise. How, how else are we uh, going to be narcissistic if we don't have the any to teach us how to do it? So I how do I know? Number on my narcissism, please. <laughs> Give me Absolutely. the Enneagram. All right. Easy, boys. Absolutely. You're sounding like Joey. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, baby, I have, I have one more follow-up question uh, having to do with Michael W. Smith and the music industry. So uh, I feel like there's there's more fascination there. I know we're uh, we're creeping up to five o'clock, so we have to uh, we have to knock off for the day because we're we're working men, and five o'clock is the is the end of the workday for us. Uh, but my question is this: so in all your Nashville experiences and your music travels, how close did you get to Michael W. Smith? And by close, I mean either actual physical proximity or um, like just sort of cosmic proximity in the music industry. How close were you to Smitty? Dude, I've been like, okay, so I was, I never met him, but I was, you know, sometimes when you're, depending on the festival you're at, they have these, they have like these backstage areas where only the artists are allowed. So I was, you know, he, he'd be back there for some of those Boy, things. But I, at a Christian wow, one, that would be pretty empty, there. wouldn't it? What's that? I said at a Christian fest, that would be pretty empty, wouldn't it? If only the <laughs> artists are allowed. Well, that's oh, why I was the only guy back there. Boom. Hey, oh, yeah, exactly. It's lonely at the top, baby. No, oh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it'd be something like that. And then, you know, I mean, he doesn't know who I am. And I'm just, you know, and it's like, I don't like I didn't grow. I wasn't a I wasn't a, a Michael Dub fan growing up, you know, not even ironically, you know, so it just yeah, meant. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was just it was nothing there for me at all. So. Dude, did he ever like ask you for a bottle of water in the green room, thinking that you were the help? And you're like, you, you have to be like, no, I'm I'm actually one of the rock stars. I would have just given him the bottle. I would have just given him the bottle and looked over at my friends and like winked. So yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, that. oh yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Piper, in in any of your evangelical work, have you ever had any proximity to Smitty? Um, no, because he. He functioned in a more mainstream sphere, 
then yeah. you know so I, yeah. I i cross paths with jars of clay and third day and some others <clears throat> at various points you know and then like in the the rise of the worship leaders i've met a bunch of those guys but no he was always more just sort of like center cut christian radio stuff which isn't really the that was not the stream i swam in so to speak yeah man although his yeah, uh, his yeah. his sister Boys, works at wh- the same company i do so wow there's that really? does that count like on the in seven, this, you know, six degrees of separation from Michael W. Smith. Is this program going to bring you heat from Smitty's sister? Is that going to be an issue? Here's the deal. Anybody at Lifeway who listens to this podcast uh, is not yeah. going to give me heat about anything we say on this podcast. There you go. Because that's, that's good, the man. kind of people they are. They're awesome people. That's a, not uptight. That's people. a that's a good wheelhouse to be in. Definitely, uh, boys. I have time for one more quick question, and I just need a name on this. If if either of you could pick one ridiculous celebrity to actually lead another great awakening, who would be? Who what what ridiculous celeb would you want? Wow, yeah, like anybody, or are you narrowing anybody. it down to like oh, okay? No, anybody, any celeb. Wow, man, oh, I'm, I'm just trying to think of who's like. I just want somebody funny. <laughs> yeah, like I would. So I get. I do Will Arnett. I just get Will Arnett. Okay, that's solid. Hmm. See, that's solid. What what would your choice be, Ted? Man, I might have to go with another Will. I might go Will Ferrell on that one uh, because I, I agree with Ron. I think funniness is a core value that that would need to be a part of this. Maybe maybe Vince Vaughn. Are we allowed to like Vince Vaughn, or did he do like unacceptable things? No, he's good, man. No, I think I think he's I still safe. Straight anymore. He hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. Uh, okay. He hasn't yeah. fallen to me too yet. yet. Uh, I, I feel think... like I could listen to Vince Vaughn speak at a bunch of conferences, and that would be that would be a lot of fun for me. Oh, is, is that how Great Awakenings work? It's a bunch of conferences? Because in that case, we've been in the third Great Awakening since like 1994. <laughs> dude, exactly. We're Pro- right in the Promise middle of it, right? Keepers was the like beginning the of it, and we're still rolling. Look, white dudes at a conference must be an awakening. Absolutely. GGC oh, 10, the Great Awakening 17. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I would it. I would go I with it. Frank McKinney. I want Frank McKinney to lead the next Great Awakening. Frank! Yes! You can catch him at a Barnes and Noble in uh, in in the Florida Panhandle sometime sometime soon. So uh, Frank has given us a lot of content. Tip of the cap to uh, to him. He is our favorite uh, billionaire home designer, and uh, we hope to all be living in Frank McKinney homes one day. I want to uh, live boys, in a Frank McKinney treehouse. Absolutely, I would I would settle for a treehouse. Most baby. Definitely. Before we end, let me ask you one quick question, man. Yeah, what, lay it on me. What would a what would a Great Awakening look like if Frankie Chan let it. Ooh, Frankie Chan. Well, uh, there'd be a lot of extemporaneous speaking. <laughs> you know, not a lot of notes, not a lot of prep. There'd be a lot of energy. I think you're I describing think the people... show right now. I'm talking about Frankie Chan. <laughs> Dude, no, Frank is we perfect. Found our motivation. Yeah, Frank is perfect. He's he's kind of ethnic, so that's a that's a win. Um, you know, it would, it would actually probably be Frankie Chan, baby. You're, yeah, you're it might be. I know. Compelling point here. I know. Um, good, good, good thought there, man. Good thought. So Smitty may take umbrage with that, but you know what? He can, he can take it up with the program off the air because Did boys, you- we, we have, uh, we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics, which is a thing that we always do. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I hope you have too. And until next time, Rachel, the held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. 
Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.